listening to Fuck's Given, the one with Zach Noe Towers. Well, hello there, Hello, Florence. How are we today? I'm good, I think. I mean, as I was talking about burnout last week, yeah. still burning out. Mm, that, I think, as well, is so... It's so loaded. It's like, I'm good, I think. Like, I want to be good, but I actually just don't yeah. fucking know. It's when people... Yeah. It really frustrates me when people say I'm fine, because fi- I'm yes. fine feels so loaded as well. It's just like, I'm fine. It's like, it, yeah. you can't be fine if you're just saying, I am fine. Yeah, I, yeah, most of my replies to people is like, I'm okay. I'm okay, but that also sounds sad. Like, I know, I'm, I'm o- very like I'm ambivalent okay. about, I'm okay. I'm very ambivalent about stuff recently, which is definitely a symptom of burnout, mm. which is why I think that, but also the imposter syndrome of even having the burnout in the first place. Oh my days, yeah. <sighs> anyway, this isn't very interesting for a podcast all about sex and sexy stuff. <laughs> Speaking of sex and sexy stuff, do you have any sexy updates? <laughs> you know what? I do. And I had a very interesting sexual experience a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. And it included what I kind of could only describe as energy sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That> sounds lovely. <laughs> So it happened on a night where I was spending with the guy that I was seeing and we had been out for a day, went back to his, watched some TV, ended up in the bed and we were just cuddling, making out and he said to me that he didn't really, he wasn't really in the mood for sex because he was really tired from work and I was like, oh my God, same, Mm -hmm. like I'm not in the mood for sex, I'm on my period and I just cannot be bothered with that right now and we ended up continuing to make out and then the making out turned like you know when you suddenly just like click and you're like super in the moment and super horny super present mm-hmm. and the making out session just ended up being this like the only way I can describe it is like this exchange of energy which was just like us kind of rolling around on the bed like the experience was like having sex but without any penetration. So it was like, I was breathing in his energy and it was kind of going around Mm. in a circle. And afterwards I was like, wow, that kind of felt like we had sex, but we didn't have sex. Do do you feel like you had maybe like an energy orgasm or some kind of climax of some kind? Um, I don't know if there was an orgasm involved, but it was just this like really pleasurable or like, full body experience. So what were you sexual physically in any way? Um not really. There was there might have been like a slight rubbing of genitals, but like not really. Was it mostly like holding each other or kissing? Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. lots of touching, grabbing loads of kissing oh that sounds really lovely it was really nice and afterwards I was very satisfied as well I was like this nice and like I love connected experiences so for me that really like it was yeah it was quite magical yeah so in that moment you got your intimacy needs met definitely Mm. yes yeah which kind of you know that that's interesting isn't it because you can like think that you want sex, but you could actually maybe have your needs met in a different way that isn't the 
normal kind of penetration. I feel like that needs to be written in the book of Come Curious. Like that should yeah. be in stone. And yeah, I am also very guilty of doing that as well. It's like, mm. I must have sex to feel satisfied. Or I must have an orgasm to feel satisfied. That's yeah. the one that fucks me the most. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it ruins a lot of shit as well. When you could just be having a really nice experience yet, you're sitting there going, but I haven't come yet. I haven't come. Oh my God, the sex is ruined or this moment's ruined because I haven't had an orgasm yet. Yeah. Or they haven't. You you don't believe me that it was energy sex. No, 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 no. That's not what I've said. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe, uh, like, I, I feel like, again, it's just it's just language, right? So energy sex for me and for my upbringing was always like really anti-holistic, anti-meditation, anti-like all of this stuff. And throughout time, I've realized it's just... It's the same shit as science. It's just described in a different way. So yeah. energy sex for me, particles even if bouncing I'm, around, yeah, like literal particles, like yeah. science and um, and shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's maybe for me, I wouldn't. Maybe I'm assuming that you mean in a spiritual way, but that's not what you said. Energy sex was a, literally a transferal of energy of atoms of of moving particles and that yeah i can fully fucking get behind and not to even say that if you had spiritual sex (laughs) that i wouldn't believe it it's just uh, it's just not on par with what how i see the world but it might be in a different way it might just be called something fucking different right yeah like this is why i was so anti-yoga and meditation for so long because i was like all this hippie fucking mumbo jumbo shit and that's not fair because if someone had sat me down and said well meditation get rid of the word meditation and just sit there, focus on your breathing and do some mm-hmm. visualizing and your all your anxiety and panic attacks will stop. I'd be like, okay, that sounds like sciencey enough. But because yeah. it was called meditation and I had this like misconception or like the stereotype idea of what it was, I, I shunned it for years and years. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Love yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yoga's fucking great. But what, yeah, I still, yeah. I still am trying to wrap my head around it and trying to like unlearn all the bad things that I was taught as mm. I was growing up by two atheist parents who were very mm-hmm. judgmental on religion. Spiritual. Yeah, and spirituality, Woo-woo. yeah. Woo-woo shit, yeah. Woo-woo shit. So yeah, I love fuck that. you parents, fuck you parents. Although, I mean, they're, they're all like, you can believe in whatever you want, but lol, lol, you believe in God, you know? Like, it was like, mmm, <laughs> that's not really oh. letting us believe in what we want. No. Well, do you have any updates today, Reed? Um, yes, yes, I do. Um, I've had a big realization recently, mm. um, and I believe that I suffer quite badly from relationship anxiety. Oh, um, I've never heard of that before. It, it's a bit of a weird one. I hadn't re—I mean, I've heard of it before, but I thought of it being something completely different, like. Um, I mean, relationship anxiety is huge. And I always assumed it was like, oh, oh, I'm worried that my partner's going to cheat on me or, you know, something quite big and dramatic. But when I started looking it up, I was like ticking off so many of these boxes and going like, wow, yeah, I think like that. Wow, yeah, I do that. And um, and realizing a lot of what I was feeling, negative feelings that I was feeling about my relationship, it just boils down to my own anxiety and and obsessions and focuses and and insecurities um rather than blaming somebody else and so yeah that was like yeah massive fears um and one of the main things I learned was it often happens after the honeymoon phase of a relationship that makes Um, sense 
yeah, and that's exactly what I'm in at the moment. We've had the huge, like, lovely honeymoon phase, and now it's sort of settling down to comfortability and yeah. getting used to each other and getting to know each other without trying to be perfect and, like, you know, um, what's the word? Showing your best self kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So now we're sort of settling to who we actually are from day yeah. to day rather than like wow look at me I'm amazing all the time I'm perfect and it's just all the <laughs> fucking truth um so I found this great article on relish which is hellorelish.com and it's about 20 signs that you have relationship anxiety and how to cope so some of these things like wondering if you matter questioning your partner's feelings waiting for something to go wrong I do that all the fucking mm. time Doubting your compatibility, avoiding relationship mm-hmm. milestones. It's like, uh, whoa, I did exactly the same thing. I was like, I don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend yet. It's like, yeah, you fucking did. Yeah. Um, comparing a relationship. You're the one that popped the question. Yes, so. I did. That was so cute. Um, <laughs> and Sam was really gutted because he was like, oh, I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, comparing your relationship to others. Fuck, we do that all the time. Mm. Looking for reasons to break up. I do this all the time. Sabotaging the relationship. Constantly thinking your partner wants to break up. Overanalyzing their words and overanalyzing their actions. And I, I again, wow. words, me, are, like, you know, Sam might say something and I will be like, <gasps> like horrified. How can you say this? And I'll make it into this big thing and blah, blah, blah. And it, most of the time it's just a miscommunication. He's just used the wrong sentence format or like the wrong type of words yeah. to communicate. Like boys struggle to learn how to communicate. Like they're not encouraged to communicate. And so they can't yes. learn as easily yeah, 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 yeah. as we are. Missing out on good times, constantly needing reassurance from your partner, clinginess, mm. checking your partner's texts, self-silencing is part of relationship anxiety. Being overly accommodating to your partner, you are demanding or controlling of your partner. And I can do this as well. I can definitely try and control Sam. Yeah. Um, Sex-related anxiety, keeping secrets. Fuck. Right? All of this stuff, I was like, holy fucking shit. And I didn't take off all of those things. It was just like a good few that really sort of went, yeah. Oh. I feel like so many people can relate to that. I think I probably even had that in the past. Yeah. And it also explains how maybe other relationships in our past haven't worked out. So one of my main issues was trying to figure out if if it was anxiety or if it was actually a problem. Um, because yeah. of course th- there are going to be issues throughout a relationship, right? Yeah. So how do you know? How do you know if it's a problem or just the anxiety yeah so um i i read this another great article um by it's on marie claire and this mm-hmm. is by melissa mason and it's called i battled with relationship anxiety all my life and it talks about the type of relationship anxiety i feel um yeah. which isn't necessarily like um you know, some other characteristics, but it more sort of spoke to me. And what she says, she's figured out that when it's anxiety, the need to break up is urgent. You know, it's like, it all builds up Mm. and then you're like, oh my God, I have to end things now. Or like, oh, this isn't working. He's going to break up with me now or something like that. Um, And that was what I've been feeling is this sort of like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Oh my God, we need to end it right now. And it wasn't this sort of like, and there was no time for, right, let's have a conversation about these issues, sit down, see if they work. Like relationships, when they break up, it takes time for that to happen. But with anxiety, it's like really fucking 
quick. So yeah, that's that I've been working on at the moment. And it's honestly changed everything. As soon as I sort of had this epiphany moment, like our relationship has gotten so much better. Wow. And I'm that's so good. I'm feeling a lot better about it. I'm still working mm. on a lot of shit. <laughs> Uh, little little things and little moments that keep me up at night but that's just anxiety for you so the more you're mm-hmm. aware of it the more you can stop it in its tracks acknowledge it unpack it deal with it and then move it aside and be like okay thank you yeah. and helpful brain or helpful brain we should unpack this really deeply on love high yeah i yeah please yeah yes for every let's anyone do who doesn't a, let's know do a whole episode on it anyone who doesn't know love high is florence's new podcast um so Yay. yeah go check it out because it's it's all about love it's, it's yeah. lovely all right okay fuck i feel like so much better i've got that off my chest you know and it's been yeah. like when you've been holding it in you're like oh, i've got this exciting thing i've learned um i love i love how us recording this podcast is therapy it is therapy this is what people need to be doing you know with their friends and their partners yes. and colleagues and family members if you can just like vocalize it talk about shit um mm-hmm. and i have felt shame about relationship anxiety i'm like me anxious about relationships no never but it's there and that's the proof so yeah 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 feeling feeling good man feeling thank you so much for being open with that (laughs) thank you for listening (laughs) my heart (laughs) shall we shall we get zach on and talk about being a sodomite and anal sex yes that sounds that sounds bloody great i'd love to do yeah i'd love shall we do it Let's Let's do it. it. Mate, I was fucking dignitized. Hi, Zach. Hi. So good to see you, my LA friend. I know. It's so (laughs) great to see you and it's so good to meet you, Reed. Oh, it's so good to meet you. I cannot believe that you turned up on time and it is 7 a.m. over there. What? What? How? How? Explain, please. First of all, I am definitely, I am like an on time is late person. So like, (laughs) I, I I like, I hate when people are late. So like, I, I was here for it. And then I'm a morning person. I'm a little morning bitch. I, uh, I wake up at like 630 and I lay in bed and I like, do like the notifications and the emails. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm out by like 715. It's not very LA to be early. I go back and forth on that because like LA is not like a late night town either. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, I feel like LA is more yoga, coffee, smoothie than sleeping until noon, but maybe Mm -hmm. not. Oh, right. Maybe, maybe when people are at home, they can turn up on time to podcasts and stuff. But as soon as you put, as soon as you put someone from LA in a car, that's, that's when they're late. Okay, LA is definitely late. Like LA's like <laughs> LA like LA the whole thing is we get there late, we leave early. That's that's LA in a nutshell. Everyone has someplace better to be at all times. But yeah. So good. I cannot oh wait God. to go out there. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like my pee poo. <laughs> yeah. You, you read you look very LA if I were to like oh, thank you. Is I'll that t- a compliment? A lot of people don't I think like that is LA. A- that is a compliment. I think like LA, LA women are really fucking hot. So oh. if you fit into someone that looks like they're from LA, 
it, it, yes. it's the influencer look right it's like i'm not gonna fade into the background like look at me like i'm on my fucking phone doing some <laughs> shit so yeah maybe maybe for the curious fuckers who might not know you could you explain a little bit about yourself um i'm gay and <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to laugh it was like that was the first thing you went for i was expecting like so this is my cv and then it was like gay <laughs> beautiful um, that's like a huge part of your identity i just love coming out <laughs> yeah fuck skip well well and it's like approaching pride so maybe that's important oh um, yeah Let's see. I'm like from the Midwest, but I've lived in LA like 13 years now. And I'm a stand up comedian Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. writes and acts. And like, I do a lot of hosting, which I never knew I was going to do. But like, it's like just what's happened. And I enjoy it. I'm super sex positive. Uh, God made me a bottom, but I'm aspiring (laughs) pansexual. So right now I'm on like this end of the spectrum. Like I want to get railed by guys, but like I ultimately would love to have sexual experiences with everyone. Oh my god, that's so exciting. <laughs> Florence, you sent me um you sent me a picture of somebody who just found out a new sexuality and that was it was the cutest was that- thing. Abosexual or yeah, something like, like that, but it was something about being really fluid in your sexuality. So like sometimes you like this, sometimes you like that, yeah. and you fit into like the whole spectrum Throughout basically. Your, like your lifetime. So it's not just being like abnormal and pan. Yeah, <gasps> where it's like you you fluctuate in different moments of your lifetime depending on who you're with. And I was like, that's so amazing. I know, that's, it's so cute. It's so like what I feel like humans are possible or are capable of. But like mm-hmm. we like keep ourselves in these, these little boxes of like judgment and shame, and it like mm-hmm. just keeps us from exploring. I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, a lot of people just yeah. hated the change and were like, "I don't want to fit into a box." It's like the boxes aren't there, the labels aren't there for if you don't want them. We're not forcing you in them. It's just there for people who are looking for a community or looking to exactly. understand themselves more. Yeah. Like that's what's amazing about them. I think we're yeah. We're, in, we're we're seeing better days with sexuality. People are way yeah, more oh, open. I was going to say, I did a, this is so dumb and not what we're talking about, but I did a show last night at a bar and both the bouncer and the bartender, straight men, had their nails painted. One was <gasps> oh my like, God, yes. One was black and the other was sparkly blue. And I like <gasps> totally made fun of them, but like in like a... <laughs> In like a, this is great. Like, this yeah. is great. Like, my bullies yeah. are painting their nails, you know? Like, this yeah, is, so it's a step cute. in the right direction. Oh my God. Yeah. Straight mask men doing femme shit is like, like explosion, Ma- Niagara uh, Falls. Fucking, yes. Oh, it's hot. It's so fucking hot. I think it's just hot when mm. people are like relaxed with the flexibility mm. of masculinity and femininity. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's so funny that you say that. Someone told me once that like the people most prone to like violence are the people who toy with the suspected attributes of a gender so masculine Mm. women and feminine men Mm -hmm. are like targets more so than you know masculine gay guys or feminine lesbians so yeah it is interesting that like i love it when people can be chill about it and just yeah yeah oh so beautiful more more nail painting everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you grew up in mid 
Midwest America, which oh. is quite conservative, oh. right? It is. I grew up in Missouri, um, which is like definitely like the Bible Belt, the the, the Midwest. Yeah, it's. Um, but I grew up in St. Louis, which is like one of the bigger cities, and so it was fine. Like my my parents really created a safe space for me, and then um, I did musical theater. So like the theater. Oh, yeah adults of the city really took care of me mm-hmm. um and then i like st- i like started the gay straight alliance at my high school when i was like <gasps> you started a it <gasps> but but as like as like a bisexual so oh, i wasn't even wow. like fully like comfortable with myself i don't think that's still amazing it, though that must have been so scary yeah. yeah i mean you know my high school like my i was only ever teased by like people I didn't know, if that makes sense. Like my mm-hmm. my classmates yeah. were very like kind and like looking back, pretty progressive. I think we had a, we had a, a couple g- out gay people. One was a cheerleader, a boy who was a cheerleader, and he was gay. And so amazing. I was also in an all male acapella group in high school. And <laughs> yes, please. And, mm. and we were like respected. It was like crazy. Like we made a CD every year, and we like sold out <laughs> the concerts, and it was like. It was fun. Like I had a good for a gay boy in the Midwest. I had like a good. Youth. Yeah, that doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. Mm, nice. No. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. we're. I think we're just stereotyping the Midwest, aren't we? Where it's like it's all bad. You were sent to like gay conversion therapy, <laughs> burn at the stake, like everything. That's what I'm imagining. Like, <gasps> oh shit. Well, you know, like that is probably so many people's story. Like mm-hmm. most people had it very rough and i'm i'm even probably romanticizing it like i've been called faggot like throughout my life i've been called faggot Mm -hmm. this calendar year you know out you know just outside of la so it's like i think i often like suppress like the stuff that bothers me or not suppress but like i don't give it much of my time energy or like mental capacity i'm just like yeah like yeah like i don't know what you want me to do about it um so yeah it was probably like a little bit scarier than i'm like letting on Mm -hmm. it was definitely scary having a secret and like being in a place where gay was an insult and like like gay guys were gross or like you know i'm like a kid of the 90s so like i remember kind of like HIV or like AIDS yeah. being like mm-hmm. not a joke yeah, but just... like it was like oh you're gayer than AIDS it's like oh like yeah it's like South Park days family guy kind of jokes yeah. and also our parents telling us about all the the stuff that they learned the AIDS the AIDS crisis they I mean it wasn't even well it was a crisis but it was like more of like scare tactics about totally. AIDS uh, in the in the eighties, mm. and that's I've I remember being f- fed that by my parents, and yeah, and like God bless our parents, it was definitely like we continued to kind of live in like a fear based society, but like um, yeah. our parents like didn't have the internet, like our parents were just going off of like the like rumors at church, you know, or not your parents, mm. but like my parents, maybe, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the church rumors. How yeah. how was it coming out to your parents? Um, it was like, fine. My mom cried, but she was just concerned that I was going to have a harder life. Like, I think she yeah. like genuinely, cause like, honestly, my, my Nana and Papa, my grandma and grandpa, their best friends were this gay couple in Palm Springs. And so oh, oh they God, like, amazing. yeah, so it was a very, and my aunt is like, she did a ton of work with AIDS and like, 
she um, is huge. She's not huge in the gay community. She's like a such a big supporter of the gay community. So like honestly, like it was like not bad. It was honestly when mm-hmm. on my terms when I came out because I was also like a. I, I'm going to say this with love, a gay ass little boy. Um, <laughs> I, I had Barbies, you know, I went, I had all girlfriends. Like I was summer party with the girls, like all those mm-hmm. I did a ballet. Like I was in dance class from like 10 to 18. Like I was gay. I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people, like what your mom was worried about was she was worried that you were going to have a harder life. And I think a lot of people who worry they're going to have gay kids are worried about that. Is there any advice that you can give people um, about not feeling bad for their child if they're gay? Yeah, first of all, um, don't have kids is my first. um, (laughs) Good advice. Great advice. My first piece of advice. But uh, yeah, I mean... Get, get to as big of a city as you possibly can. If you're really concerned for your kid, get to a bigger city where there's like resources and communities that normalize, you know, atypical genders and, and, and things like that, you know, like, uh, or sexualities. Uh, mm. but man, that is really, I, you know, what really does trip me out is that like, I came out like 20 years ago and it's like mm. still a thing we're talking about. Like it's still yeah. we're we're so connected. We have all this information. We can talk to anyone in the world and and get the facts. And like coming out is still like, what it's do you thing. do? Oh, like that just it bothers me so much. Like yeah, yeah. it's bullshit. You know? it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be like that. You know, we should be, we don't we shouldn't have to fucking come out. Um, no, but, we shouldn't. There should be no assumed sexuality on yeah. anyone. Yeah, but we still live also, in that like, society. Unless you're trying to fuck me, why do you care? Like, yeah. why do you care? True. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very, very true. <sighs> you have a really funny bit about your dad and what he said to you. <laughs> yeah, he actually, so he's part lumped in that, like, he didn't want my life to be harder group. And mm-hmm. he just asked when I came out, if he was any part of the reason I ended up being gay. And I was oh, like, no. in, like a, of, in like a cute way. Yeah. And I was like, of course not. You're not the reason I'm gay. Uh, you're probably the reason I'm a bottom though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you spanked me too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking daddy issues. Shit. Yeah, we all yeah. have them. Yeah. I do talk about daddy issues all the time. Do you really? Wait, how, do, how do, how do yeah. daddy issues manifest in y'all's life? Oh, fucking good fucking just, question. I mean, <laughs> I guess I, I swear all of my relationships, I'm just looking for approval from a man. Yeah. I, so I I'm just like, like I'm, wanting that. I'm doing something very similar where like every boyfriend I've had or every partner I've had, I'm like, oh shit, you're like my dad in that aspect. You're like my dad. <laughs> or I, it's, um, you know, dad left um, at a young age and I was still like looked at him like as perfect, godly, like you're the best. I have so much fun with you, but like you're still living miles and miles away and I never get to see you. And so there's so many attributes. And then on top of that, I'm, I'm like... Like the yeah, the age regression (laughs) shit. Oh my god! Where I'm like, no, 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 I don't like daddy dom little girl role play, but everything I do is that, and that's what turns me on, and that's what makes me feel secure and held. It turns me on so much. Pick me up, daddy. Make me feel like loved and special and cute and uh, like, are you proud of me? You fucking proud of me? You're proud of me? (gasps) Like, love it. Just. 
Jesus. So Do you relate? Like, Do you like Daddy Dom? So I have never like wanted to call a guy daddy. Although if he mm-hmm. a guy calls me like boy or good boy, like that really dampens yes. things. Yes. Yeah. I think it's like Like, more daddy issues than anything though, right? Like, because we we want that clearly, but we still can't say daddy and compartmentalize and separate it. It's like, we should be able to separate it, but we can't. We're still like, uh, need my therapist immediately. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's it's extra bad. It's such a thing though. Oh no, it's just like daddy issues are like, I just did like a sketch show with a friend and one of the whole, the topics of one of the whole episodes is daddy issues. And like, (laughs) they're just, they're running rampant. You know, it's just like, it's it's interesting. It's like, do you guys think they are like detrimental or do you think it's like something we collectively all need to work on? Like, so they don't exist. Collectively. I mean, I was thinking about, um, you know, we have daddy issues, we have mommy issues, but daddy issues come up more because unfortunately most men are fucking useless at being a parent. (laughs) Most men leave and emotionally check the fuck out. And so daddy issues happen, not just to very sexually open people, but to everyone. I feel like Mm -hmm. we've only just been able to get rid of the shame and the embarrassment and the stigma and talk about it and actually therefore working through it, rather than so many people that think it's so weird that actually also have daddy issues or parent issues or mommy issues. Um, The craziest thing I've heard recently is like how like men use oh she has daddy issues as kind of like an insult to her but it's like yes you gave them to like men gave them to her <laughs> like why are you Literally. excluding yourself yeah yeah get that i get that a lot or we get that a lot as sex workers because you know sex workers porn stars escorts strippers everyone mm-hmm. it's like oh they've got daddy issues it's like no the fucking world has daddy issues you're yeah. just trying to excuse the fact that they're hypersexual or they're taking yeah. their sexuality and their bodies into their own hand it fucks me off man it's the it's the emotional unavailability yeah. of men which has been taught down generation to generation that men can't express their emotions and therefore how are they supposed to show up for a child if they can't even show up for themselves Mm -hmm. when it comes to how they feel (sighs) it's like it's so frustrating too because it it like breaks my heart for men like not to sympathize Mm -hmm. and i'm not i'm not putting myself in this category but like the fact that men don't feel like vulnerability is like a great quality to have Mm -hmm. like it's still deemed as like weak, you know, to be like honest yeah. and like brave with your so emotions. Mm. So true. Getting there slowly though, aren't we? Just ticking, yeah. ticking around that we're getting there. I think the power I mean, of the internet is really fucking helping, but, and also therapy, it not being so fucking demonized and- Stigmatized, yeah. As, yeah, stigmatized. Yeah. People are, you know, it's, it's kind of weird if you don't get therapy now, it's like, you don't have a therapist. Like you're happy just, Believing what your mind's telling you, okay, all right. Uh, I have a guy friend who just got into a relationship and they started seeing a couples therapist without any issue because they want to be in that like habit of like going to the couples therapist. Oh, so good. That is looking after your relationship. That's what it looks like. There's that weird ass, like again, stigma. That's like, oh, it must be really bad for you because you're seeing a relationships therapist. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, they're gonna have a really strong relationship because they're getting there before all these fucking issues turn into something that you can't come back from. 
Yeah, I feel like that's the ultimate commitment actually to like <gasps> working on your relationship. Like you really love that person to be like, I'm gonna make this work so good that we're gonna see a therapist when we don't even have problems. Oh my God. Instead of like, will you marry me? It's like, wanna see a relationship <gasps> therapist? <laughs> Down on one knee. And I would, mate, oh, that would be it. <laughs> Fuck me. So you have a podcast called Good Morning Sodomites. What does sodomite actually mean? <laughs> um, I think it's like, like it's very biblical, like in its origin, <laughs> I believe, like Sodom and Gomorrah. But it's like kind of um, anyone who has like sex not for procreation, like I guess people who enjoy sex just based on like the sinful nature of like you know. Uh, coming <laughs> nice yeah, uh, I mean, yeah it does what it says on the tin right does it when we did a little bit of research and it collates to like talking about anal sex quite oh, often yeah like sodomy is like in the butt there's a lot of like i when i looked it up like when i started the vice there's like a lot it's like oral <laughs> sex anal sex um sex that's not seeking you know fertilization or whatever and then like some one person wrote in they're like doesn't that mean like fucking animals? I'm like, no, like uh, to my knowledge, it does not mean fucking animals. <laughs> oh my animals. God, what? Yeah, I know people, people are crazy, but wow. yeah, it definitely like heavily leans on anal. Yeah. Yeah. It, we actually wanted to talk to you about anal because both me and Reed have like only just started our anal voyages. Yes. So, you know, we could, we need all the bottom tips basically. Please. <laughs> First of all, you're brave. And if I had a vagina, I don't think I'd ever use my asshole. I would sew it shut. I'd be like, bye, girl. Um, no. Anal sex. You know what's so funny is, like, I um, I still have, like, a love-hate relationship with anal sex. It is – it can be, like, for me – and I don't know if – maybe you can confirm this. I should have looked this up probably at some mm. point in my life. But, like, men have, like, a pretty substantial prostate gland and women have a much smaller prostate gland. And, like, that is key oh. in in having very pleasurable experiences in your asshole. Like, as we near mm -hmm. orgasm or as we're becoming erect, like, the prostate – is stimulated, 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 and like it swells and becomes more sensitive as we're like mm. nearing an orgasm. So like if I'm getting fucked while like about to come or like jerking myself off, like it's like a blackout orgasm. It's like like twitchy, convulsy, like whoa, uh, like uh, and like oh. I need a moment, like as I have like aftershocks and stuff like that. Um, yes. So <laughs> I mean, I, I don't is, know because I haven't had a prostate orgasm, but like, I'm just yeah, like, sounds amazing. relishing off of the orgasm you're describing. Like, those are the best ones. I think yeah, we, yeah. we have like G-spot clitoral, like blended orgasms, very similar. So for me, it's like when it's good, it is amazing. When it's bad, I'm like, why mm -hmm. do we do this? I can't believe I like prepped for this. Like, because I'm sure, you know, like there's the whole aspect of prep, pre uh, preparing for anal and it's just, it's a lot mm -hmm. and yeah. It's a it's a lot, we, we wholeheartedly sympathize. I feel like a lot of women as well, a lot of vagina owners will feel exactly the same way about that analogy yeah. about, you know, when it's really good, it's really good. But when it's, when you don't, you're not into the person, it, yeah, it feels like a violation. 
is if you're not horrible. ready for it basically because your body has to be so relaxed and mm-hmm. so like you need to be so in the moment where you're ready for the anal not just sex like it has to be anal specific ready for it to be good <laughs> so what do you do to prep for anal how do you make anal less scary <laughs> um okay so man there's so many answers to this and it's been such a learning experience for me because like 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 Zach in his 20s would like starve himself basically and like like oh, yeah. I know so it's just because like, the okay the fear of poop is like scarier than like my parents mortality like I'm just like I I, <laughs> I, I like <laughs> fear the concept of poop being of, of making appearance during sex then my mom passing mm-hmm. away. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, so like <laughs> the fear was very real before. And now I would say prep for me is like, it's better when you would uh, adopt a lifestyle that is more conducive to anal, which is just like literally like getting your fruits and veggies in, like getting your fiber supplements in, like being regular, like, for me, at mm. least, because I don't want the poop thing. But, like, um, so I feel most powerful as, like, a bottom, like, one to four hours after I've had a great BM, like, a bowel movement. Do you know what I mean? A BM? Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a sex move. But I was like, oh, it's just a shit. A I shit, okay. yeah. A big dump. So I have, like, a big, like... You know, like, oh, this is so gross. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sense. But you know, like when you have like a nice. No, I'll give it a, I need... <laughs> a nice poo with a clean wipe, you know? Yes. The ghost poo. The ghost poo. Wait, ghost yes. poo is the ghost wipe. Phantom poo is when you look back in the toilet and you don't see a poo anymore. I think that's it. Where you're like, wait, I swear I shat. Where the fuck is yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, that is the best for anal yes when there's no residue it's perfect consistency it's not too like constipated but it just flops out like a big old dick and you're like oh yeah i I used to have that i used to have that all the time when i was vegan but now i've like gone slightly less vegan that that's less of a regular occurrence so i'm trying to figure out like how to get back in that spot they also say like Uh, digestion is tough no, digestion is very, you're, it's so, I'm still figuring out my body and like what foods my body like mm. really, really likes. Um, but yeah, beyond that, like there is douching and like <sighs> douching, I mean, you know what douching is. Uh, I was trying to think like, for those who don't know, um, but yeah, <laughs> douching is like very real. I like, I will be brave and say I don't love douching. Sometimes I feel like it mm-hmm. can create more of a problem than you had before. Um, I feel like you can like actually like knock things loose that like had no intention of of ever becoming loose. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's just like yeah, like yeah. So like I like to like kind of like like assess when I last like chat like obviously be super mm-hmm. like clean as I can be. <clears throat> And then, you know, like, like you guys said, like such a big part of a successful anal is like wanting to be there. Like I've had like horrible (laughs) anal experiences when the dick was like kind of small or whatever. And then amazing, comfortable ones when they had a huge hog. Cause like my butt wanted it. It was like, nom, 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 you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Just ate it all up. It ate it up. Yeah. (laughs) That's hot. 
Do you have any hilarious anal stories? <laughs> hilarious anal stories. Uh, man, okay, I have two, like, sex stories that, like, jump out in my head. But um, neither, like, well, the okay, the smaller one is it was in Thailand. And I was basically, I was with two other hot gay guys. Not saying I'm hot, but, like, two hot gay guys. Uh, and yes, one... No. <laughs> one brought home um, a couple and they were like in like we all had like this we had this three bedroom Airbnb and they him and the couple went into the room and they were in there for a while I was just on the couch like watching TV or whatever and then there's like kind of like a scuffle or like there's like the noises stop like the pleasurable noises stop and then the two guys like come out of the room naked like with boners yelling at each other and like the couple had gotten into like a fight. And so my friend was still in the room and I like counseled these two like erect gay men like in the living room of this Airbnb. Like their dicks are like deflating in real time. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like bringing them together. It was so funny too, because one had a bigger dick than the other. And he was like, I hate when he fucks the guys first because then they can't feel my dick compared to his dick. And it was just oh, like, wow, it was just so funny because oh I was like, God. so, so drunk in like Bangkok, like in this like beautiful like Airbnb and like truly being like a sex therapist with these two men I've never spoken to before. And I totally, I calmed them down and I like got them back into the room to rail my friend. And yes. it felt very felt very oh, good I love oh my that. god yes you should polish your your gay anal sex halo right now that's beautiful <laughs> that that's a beautiful so... story i also love that story because it wasn't about you having sex but it was yes. like a great little sexy moment for everyone yeah. else apart from you <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck 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 how do you feel about um when you when someone comes in your ass what's um... your <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that was like, how do you feel when someone comes to your like, house? waiting for the answer what <laughs> the pause I definitely like my like my like little lizard brain like I think I think I'm trying to get pregnant when I'm getting fucked a little bit like yeah it's so, like, like breeding like fucking breed me yeah <laughs> yeah yes. it's like very like yeah like fuck you know do you want my load yeah like give it yeah. Uh, uh, yeah like give it I will uh, double it up uh, so like if especially if I'm into the dude, like I definitely want to sleep, like come like in one of my like holes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, where, the one singular time that I had su successful anal, which was recently, mm. um, which was lovely, I was exactly thank you, thank you. It was when I was very hungover <laughs> and all my inhibitions were gone. I was like, fuck you, may as well fuck my ass then. Fine. Like, you know, I was just like, let's do this. But it was my choice. It was my choice. And I really enjoyed Good. it. I didn't hate it, which was great. But yeah, it was the same thing with the cum in the ass. Cause I, I think at the time it was too risky for any cum. Like I'm not on contraception or not using sure. contraception. Um, and I was just like, I was like, you know, when you do that, like, yeah, cum in my ass kind of like, come, yeah. come in my ass, come yeah. in here, fucking come. And then it was yeah. just like, it oh, was, yeah. you, you feel it and you feel the t the cock twitch and you're just like, oh, I'm yeah. taking it off. Oh, 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 oh. 
It's so delicious. <laughs> it is good. Apart from, it I, is you good. know what the best bit about it is with vaginas, when you pull out, the cum just instantly dribbles out, but with an ass, mm-hmm. it holds in. So you're like, you you can stand up and you're not run running <laughs> to the toilet naked, trying to not get cum all no. over the floor. You're like, huh. I could, could quite happily have this in me all day. Okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> Literally, you don't actually have to, we don't, you don't have to get it out until like the next time you go to the toilet if you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, although I tend to anyway. I try to go for like a little like comfortable fart and it bubbles out. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, <laughs> uh, like Yeah, a butt sputter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I remember this. IBS yeah. anxiety shits. Okay, cool, <laughs> let's go. Do you, would you always go to the toilet? I've always tried to go to the toilet to get that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also, not gonna do it on my sheets. Like, I'm not gonna do yeah, it on the bed. Like, oh, sneaky fart. Put. <laughs> I just saw that through when I asked that question. I was like, yeah, where else? <laughs> Over a mug in their mouth. In their mouth. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's felching, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I personally will never do that. <laughs> um, like. <laughs> I, like that to me is just like playing with like E. coli. Like I don't like I don't need I don't need your butt juices. You know you know what I mean. Maybe no. I'm being homophobic or butt phobic, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just just not your thing. Like yeah. if someone wants to eat it out of my ass, for sure, go for it. <laughs> oh yes, for sure. I'll actually? let someone do it. I'll let someone yeah. do it to me. But like yeah. I I won't be like snacking on butt cum. We got way deeper into the anal chat than I thought we were going to. Yeah, we had like so many other really unanal related questions, but this has been so good. It's been so fun. Zach, thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited about coming on your podcast. Yes, yes, we'll organize that. That would be amazing. Come all over my podcast. Yes, and then you can suck it out afterwards. Amazing. Yes, we'll all get yeah. into it. Yeah. So, Zach, where can the curious fuckers find you? Um, Zach Noe Towers anywhere, like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Z-A-C-H-N-O-E-T-O-W-E-R-S. And your podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Good Morning Sodomites. <laughs> it's me and a guest talking about their sexual journey from start to now. Perfect. love that oh my god i can't wait even more now yeah yes. that's gonna be brilliant so and we'll see you in la really soon yes you will exciting yeah baby yes. yeah. and thank you everyone for having a listen to fucks given we hope you've enjoyed this episode if you're not watching it on youtube of course you can listen to it on apple Podcasts, spotify all the main places and if you loved it share it with everyone that you know give it a rating and a review and check us out on our social media at read amber x florence bark and come curious nice that's it from us yeah see you that's about it see you next thursday right that's what we do see you next see you next thursday see you next thursday see you next thursday um (laughs) and yeah thank you so much zach you've been amazing (laughs) thank you for having me i had so much fun bye everyone love you so much
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.